Hello everybody and welcome to the podcast Who Am I? Recently Steve and I looked into the PCR test that is being used to test for COVID-19 and we want to share with you our findings about how scientific it is or not and what the consequences are of false positives and false negatives. Yeah, so uh, one of the people I recommend you look into was David Icke. Mm-hmm. And uh, he has been called the Alex Jones of Britain. Do you know who that is? No. No? Okay. Well, I think he's nothing like Alex Jones, but Alex Jones is someone who is really mental and, and gets, gets angry and, and afraid and, and, makes, and then shares that with everyone yeah. when he talks about just crazy things, some of which are probably true. Uh, yeah. but, it, but it's hard to f- filter them out. With David Icke, I don't know what he was like in previous years. I just got, to, uh, got onto his material this year. Uh, but so far, he's, he's seemed like a legitimate researcher to me. Um, yeah. Whenever people make fun of him, they mention that he used to talk about lizard people. Um, See, the, the, the irony is that, that makes the most sense to me. Like, this, this, this is what's hilarious with me, is that I, I know little, very little about David Icke. The stuff that I hear about is the whole lizard thing, and I get where he he takes it to the extreme, but I get where he's coming from with the lizard brain stuff, because oh. we evolve we we evolve from uh, various ancestral creatures, and part of our brain, the very start of it, is very much unemotional. You know, we developed the brain have developed its emotional cortex. I think it's at the front or something. It's the biggest like big part of the front. So when it starts off, it's just a primitive um, kill or be killed type mm-hmm. mentality. And so that's survival of the fittest stuff. And I think that, you know, lizards are the classic example where, you know, they don't emotional responses and stuff. There's none there because they don't have that um, side of things. That and would make a applies, lot of sense. Yeah. And he applies that to various people, you know, mainly the royal family, which, you know, I get because blah, blah, blah we won't get into that too much. Mm-hmm. But um to be in positions of power and to be semi-callous and um, detached, there must be a some sort of disconnect in the brain with mm-hmm. emotion. You mean for, for regular people to accept these people um, as their leaders? Uh, no, but that's an interesting one. Uh, I mean, for the leaders to not do more to help uh, and to right. look after the people to have an emotional response for the people to I, care i also think a lot of leaders are sociopaths um, yes yeah that, that's, that's exactly it yeah exactly i, I it. now now i'm interested in looking into that first i thought loads of people I, I don't care what he used to say maybe he had some episode but now that you say that there could be something valuable behind that notion i'm interested in it so yeah that's actually doing um those accusations justice, you know, giving them some attention and then thinking, well, how could this actually make sense? How could a, a serious person yeah. have said something that got misinterpreted? So I like that. Um, but let's get into yeah, what he's, um, he's got a couple of books. Sorry, go on. Yeah. yeah, sorry, there's a delay. Um, I want to get into the things he's saying recently about the coronavirus. Um, he, I was lucky to actually find this on YouTube. It was, it was just a snippet of his interview with uh, David Rose, I think his name is, um, because it got censored. Uh, they, they're both banned from YouTube. So I had to go to BitChute to watch the full 
interviews and then I just kept reading and watching stuff on on the things he was saying about the virus. And so let's see if I can summarize some of the things that, that I've learned. Well, yeah, like well, you sent it to me and I watched uh -huh. the first 15 minutes and it was very difficult for me to, again, disassociate what is interesting information and someone just being a bit crazy. Like I, I struggled to, for me, maybe again, maybe it's a cultural thing, maybe some internal prejudice that I need to work on. But I really struggled with what he was talking about. So, you know, I kind of was a bit lazy and was like, no, I'm going to stop this. I'm going to ask you for a summary. So go ahead sure, and yeah. see if you can educate me. Was it maybe his style of presentation maybe. that was difficult to follow? Or was, was there a technical part that needs more explanation? Or maybe he just assumes that you are familiar with his previous talks. I don't know. But sure, yeah, I, I can tell you what I understood from it. Uh, so the video you're talking about is a few weeks old and is a chat with his son. It's not, not the Rose uh, interview that I was referencing earlier. Um, but oh, sorry. No, it's sorry. fine. His son Gareth is, is a reporter and sees things the same way as his dad. Um, so they're just the type that want to be certain about claims that will affect the whole country or the whole world in, in the current case uh, before they just blindly, uh, you know, buy into these huge decisions like shutting down the economy or, um, you know, limiting your freedoms that will have mental health effects on you, uh, make you lose your job. Uh, I don't know. I can't think of all the consequences, but, but it's huge. Yeah, well, they, those, two, those two in itself are big enough. Those, those cover, yeah. yeah, like, again, mental health and losing your job. Those, those are two huge things. They actually, they can affect each other. So if you lose your mental health, mm -hmm. you can then therefore lose your job, and you can lose your job, and it can then affect your mental health. So decisions coming from the virus and, again, shutting down the economy are massive, massive things. Yeah, and it's only just beginning. Um, I, I'm not an economist, so I don't know all these chain reactions, but it will take a long time for the economy to get rolling again, if it ever becomes the way it used to be. It might never return. Um, so I can see why terms like the big reset or the new normal are really popular, uh, but they can also be um, code words for something really disastrous coming up. But first, let, let me let me tell you the, the scientific uh, things that show how the the scare the the reaction to a pandemic is um is a scam so was that was that his point like again i didn't understand what, what um yeah. david Dyke's yeah. point was he didn't it didn't come across as very clear yeah he so in this video that you saw he was focusing on the test uh to determine who has the virus and who doesn't and that's a, a really good point to start with because that is really easy to prove. Um, you know, proving whether someone died from the virus or just with the virus is not as easy. Um, but let's get into the test. So it's a PCR test and I don't have the, the, the spelled out form of PCR on hand. Um, let me just tell you what I remember. Um, it is not meant as a test. To, to see whether you have uh, uh, some infection or not. It is a scientific method to 
amplify the, the trace of some RNA sequence. So RNA, I'm also not sure exactly what that is, but it's something similar to DNA. And as you know, if with DNA, there are strings of pairs um, of these particles beginning with G, A, T, and C. <laughs> I can always remember guanine, them because they spell out gataka. Yeah, guanine, thymine, adenine, and cytosine, I think it is from, Good. from, I yeah. from biology. Sounds right. Um, so, and, and they, they always come in pairs. So actually you only have two different um, yeah. pairs. But as you know, from the binary code in, in uh, mathematics and computer science, zero and one or true and false is all you need to encode anything. So it doesn't matter that this is all you can work with to, um, to create sequences. And obviously the longer a sequence, you know, the more zeros and ones you have to work with, the more different things you can encode. And so strains of RNA or DNA um, encode any type of uh, protein or, or living thing, you know, depending on how far you want to scale it up. And you need to find the a, a particular sequence of these pairs um, that identify a virus, let's say, or, or anything, but let's go with virus for now, in order to prove that it is in your system. So first of all, you need to isolate the virus uh, alive from uh, someone who has it. You need to uh, purify the material that you got from the person, right? Um, I don't know if they use the, the same kind of swabs in, when they do it in the lab, in this, this particular, because obviously the swabs are a very quick test. Um, yeah. But anyway, you need to isolate it, and that has never been done. <laughs> they, just, they just use samples of material that contain the virus and lots of other stuff. Um, I don't know what is keeping them from actually purifying it, but that's one thing that he mentioned in, in the video. And then let's, let's presume you are, you have been able to isolate the, the virus from the, the sample of, of genetic material from a person who is infected. Now you need to map it onto those base pairs so that you have a, you know, a perfect ID for what, uh, what makes up the virus. And then you need to uh, get genetic material from someone else. So usually from up here in the sinuses um, and then check whether that sequence appears anywhere in that material. And that is also not done properly. Uh, so I'll, I'll tell you um, what the PCR does. It, so you have the sequence and you have the material of genetic, uh, you have the sample of genetic material. And then if the sequence appears in the material, you might find it or you might not find it, you know, because it's a huge chaotic bundle of stuff. Yeah. So you could miss it. The spectrum for error is quite large. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you use the PCR method to amplify the sequence you're looking for, you know, so if it is in there, then this test will double the chance of finding it. Yeah. And that is called one cycle of the method. Um, I don't know what happens with all the other stuff in there, if, if that gets amplified too, but since you have already decided in the beginning what you're looking for, 
that method somehow makes it twice as likely that you're going to find it. So if the sequence is in the material, then uh, running 30 cycles of the PCR method will make it super likely that you find it, okay? And if it's not in there, then in theory, you should still not find it after 30 cycles of the PCR method. But that's not how biological beings work. We have a little bit of everything in us. Yeah. Even all kinds of viruses. It's, I don't know if we get it through breathing, through eating, but it's so tiny, minuscule portion that it does not harm us and does not make us infectious. You know, it does not cause it cause us to pass it on. Uh, I, I guess we might pass it on in this tiny portion again, yeah. the same way we got it, but never enough to make someone symptomatic. So his analysis of all that and the, the data you've shared, does that mean he's saying it's like there's no virus? Is that what he's trying to tell, tell people or what is he trying to actually get across? He does go that far, but we don't even need to go that far to, to show that it's a scam. Um, but yes, it, it is going in that direction. I, d I don't want to go to the extreme right away. I want to show you how, yeah. how, it's, uh, how the whole process in between is flawed as well. Um, so the, the part where he says, where he claims that the, the virus's signature is computer generated. Um, uh, let me mention that quickly. Um, so the, the study that found the virus didn't even find the entire sequence that makes up the virus. That's why I said they, they never even purified it entirely to isolate it from all the other noise, you could say. They just found a part of the sequence and then used computer simulations, you know, modeled for, I guess, viruses in general. And I didn't read the study, but they were able to predict the remaining part of the sequence with the computer generated model. Okay, probably from other um, data on viruses and their RNA sequence. So this already tells you that they don't know the exact sequence because these predictive models and simulations are not perfect. They're just based on previous observations. So they don't even have the exact sequence of base pairs to identify the virus. And, and the part where he goes all theatrical, where he says, um, should we have a vote on it? <laughs> should we, uh, should we uh, find a consensus on what the rest of the, of the sequence is? Um, all in favor, and <laughs> maybe that's the part where you thought he went off the deep end. <laughs> pretty much, but yeah, yeah. He can get theatrical much. that way. He does like yeah. to um, show the absurdity. Well, he's, a he's, a, he's, a, he's a showman, isn't he? Like, he, he makes his popularity and his money from being a showman, so. Uh, he, he's a speaker. Um, he's not an actor, but of course. Uh, well, you know, he doesn't mean to be a showman, yeah. In order to teach lay people, you need to boil it down uh, to the basics, to the absolute essentials of your argument and, and present it in a form yeah. that, that is not scientific. No, there's going to be bias there. Like, I mean, like any scenario, non-conspiracy theory, conspiracy theory, he is projecting a image that is trying to, that isn't just objective. Of course. Like he, he, he say he will be, but he's obviously not, because if he's putting on the theatrics, he's trying to 
influence. Which again is fine. I'm not, saying, I'm, not, I'm not saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying that, like, because again, this is the problem: is that when I say things, I don't necessarily mean it's a good or a bad thing. I just that's what is mm -hmm. to me going on. No um, reporting is absolutely neutral or objective. Yeah. Yeah. So let's just be honest. Of course, uh, he has a certain objective. He wants to uh, convince you of his viewpoint, and of yeah. course, nobody's uh, information is ever complete. We mentioned that in the last episode as well. Yeah. So yes. Uh, I imagine there's a certain confirmation bias with the way, with what he chooses to present and how he presents it. Okay. Uh, right, carry on. Sorry. I just, it's just, it's just interesting. It came into my head. Sorry. No, that, that's, that's an important uh, thing to remember about any and all reporting. But uh, the nice thing is that he is just uh, reporting what he reads from doctors, their studies, and even sometimes it comes straight from the governmental um, institutions that want you to lock down and to be afraid. Yeah. So in America, the CDC or the, uh, or globally, the World Health Organization, they, or, or Dr. Fauci has even mentioned that the test, the PCR test is flawed and cannot tell you whether you have the, the virus or not. Um, because in order to have a, a reliable result of the PCR method to, to use it as a test, whether you have the virus or not, you should stop at 24 cycles um, because whatever comes after that is just too much, is, is an excessive repeating of the process that amplifies the signal you're looking for. And since everyone has a bit of it, has a bit of everything in them, um, they're extremely likely to show as positive. Elon Musk, I heard, did the test four times in a row and got positive, negative, positive, negative. So that's, that's how crazy the test is. And uh, since you have this, ex this extreme uh, sensitivity to the, the test when it's performed this way, uh, you get a lot of uh, false positives. Are you familiar with that? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I heard you're also supposed to get a lot of false negatives, but I wonder how that works. You know, people who have the virus, but test negative. I'm not sure about that one. So, okay, just run a question. Mm -hmm. um, do you think the testing could be just an error, error of trying to make it as quickly get it out as possible so we can limit the damage by the virus? Because even if you're getting some, correct results just now, it's better to have that as soon as possible than it is if you just left it to just run its course over the course of a year or two. Do you think that's what's happening maybe? Um, I don't know. I, I would have to speculate on the motivation of the people deciding how to perform the test, right? If you are like David Icke, you will say, well, people have a certain agenda and they need you to conform. And therefore, they need something that looks scientific that is supposed to um, convince you that what is necessary, uh, that what they're doing is necessary to save people from dying. Yeah. Because that will motivate you to do almost anything. Yeah. When, when it's in the name of uh, life and death. But, but what you're saying is, let, let's not be so skeptical and, and give them the, what's it called, the benefit of the doubt. Well, cynical versus skepticism, because mm -hmm. has David actually been to any of these hospitals to see the people that are on respirators and dying? Like, has he gone out there and actually had a look rather than just looking at paper? 
like I've got doctor friends in London who have like are on the front line mm-hmm. watching people die and like and people in care homes who are watching people die and it's very strange to to have someone that's just looking at paper telling you these things yeah that's a good question i i also wonder if i can ever know the truth because my access is always limited and and everyone's access is limited you know reading online is like what what you say just is just reading paper um and yes seeing someone sick firsthand is more valid of course but if if it's something big like a pandemic you need statistics right you need to know the state of basically everyone in the world <laughs> to yeah. make a perfect decision so no one will ever have the first hand knowledge i guess someone who went to a lot of hospitals would have the best kind of knowledge what's about someone who's had it what what do you mean exactly the virus what about someone who's actually had the virus yeah is that not first hand evidence well how do you know that it's not the regular flu um very different side effects so both for people people I we know mm-hmm. um I won't name names for recording um had the virus and had this post virus fatigue they're calling it where for like like three to four months if not more they are just flat out like they have the kind of fatigue that i do mm-hmm. when it comes to um but then they get they get better they get through it and that's not necessarily been heard of before right what age level. are these people age seems to make a huge difference in uh, how, how long people take thir- to recover yeah one thirty. well it doesn't it doesn't i've i've read articles again read um, articles of people who are like 18, 19, 20 who have had this, people who are 50 who have had this. Mm-hmm. One of the people I'm referencing is like 30, I should know because it's a, they just had a birthday. Uh, our age? 30, yeah, our age, 35. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, yeah, um, the, uh, that, that, so that effect itself is very much, when you have the flu, you have flu. I mean, COVID is a type of flu, is it not? Like, I think that's the whole, like, the virus is, is referred to as a sort of flu-like virus, I guess. The flu is a virus. Yeah. Um, and Influenza. There have been many coronaviruses. Yeah, that's why this one has the, you know, to 19, be specific, it's called yeah. COVID-19. Yeah. yeah. And I don't know how, how widespread other coronaviruses have been and, and whether the symptoms have been as severe. Yeah, there's definitely something not right. Like I, I again, it's all just opinion of me. You know, we're all sharing mm-hmm. statements and mixing up facts with opinions, and evidence yeah. could be biased and blah 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 blah. But like, um, the man, my brain just lost its train of thought. Um, the, I guess the evidence to me suggests that yeah, there's something, there's something happening. And this is what I love about conspiracy theories. Conspiracy theories take it to the next level, mm-hmm. to a whole new um, extreme. And they lose, in my opinion, they lose the actual what's potentially going on by taking it to that extreme. Mm-hmm. So to say the virus doesn't exist, the evidence can be there. Like, again, you've shown um, the testing is completely um, invalid in many ways. 
Um, but then there's evidence suggests that there's something going on. Mm-hmm. So what is this that's going on? What is actually happening? And I do personally, uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead of here, but I do personally believe there is some sort of scenario about control, about trying to freedoms and limiting those freedoms in the general populace. Um, but I think it's been do- done through an actual virus, not through a, like, this is just false um, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. The, we we can't just say stop pretending being sick. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's like yeah, like if, if someone's sick. ill, then like you're ill, you know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I don't know enough about viruses and flus to know uh, how unique these um, combinations of uh, symptoms are. I also keep hearing of people losing sense of smell and taste. Taste, yeah. Did David, did David like address that at all in any of his discussions? Like, I I only watch a few, so I don't know. Okay, he can only cover so much in in any one of them. Yeah, well, we've covered quite a lot already in a, in a short time. He could cover it as well. <laughs> he's supposed to be prof- he's supposed to be professional at this stuff. I, I follow lots of different people uh, speaking on the yeah. subject, so I'm not a, a diehard follower of his. Yeah, I just like his um, interesting approach. His yeah. candid, honest, well. He, he tries to do what's right, and uh, he uh, seems to enjoy a lot of um, trust and with people. Like he spoke at a protest in London once, and and again he was using very simple terms to explain to you know to confirm to people uh, what they believe is wrong with what they're being told by the government. He said, um, "This virus must be so smart." that it's uh you know the government tells you that starting next monday we will lock down and everyone will have to be inside so now it has a calendar and and he makes all these claims like so now it has a stopwatch and and now it knows how many people are in the room and stuff like that which i think is uh not the for me not the most convincing way to it's it's quite patronizing like because that's this that's i I get the theory because people like i've seen it all over facebook and stuff people making those comments and stuff and i get what they're saying because it is stupid having things like curfews and whatever else in terms of that the virus is not going to suddenly actually still work but at the same time it's limiting population interaction again nighttime is when people get drunk they go and they mix loads they hug each other loads they um all this information all this um connection and if you limit that in theory that will limit a spread it won't stop it but it limits it it's a, it's a strange thing to say like i know. think so i don't know um you know i'm not confident about those things uh, myself uh there are studies about um when you speak how far do your droplets actually oh, yeah. spread and they can go a lot further and, yeah. than, than one and a half meters yeah. Um, I also am wary of uh, immune systems being, um, what's the word, um, protected too much, or... can yes, be harmful. Yeah. It is yep. actually um, healthy to be exposed to uh, the regular amount of um, yeah. infections going around with, with everyday interaction, like speaking and, and uh, shaking hands. And if you don't do that, then your immune system becomes too vulnerable and you might actually get sicker. Maybe that's happened. Maybe that's what happened after the first lockdown. Maybe it'll get worse after the second one. And it'll just keep giving legitimacy to the theory that we're not locking down enough 
<laughs> yeah. So there are a lot of unknowns, and it is I there think, are. There uh, irresponsible are. to make these huge decisions based on them, you know, based on the theory where you just take credit for for good things happening and, and claiming that it proves your theory. So I wish people were more logical about it. And I guess a lot of people are, but then the other factor is afraid, people being afraid of police and, I don't know, losing freedoms. Um, and that- well, it's, 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 the, fear, the fear is, again, the fear they use is emotion of losing loved ones. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of the herd mentality concept, or sorry, herd immunity mm -hmm. concept is being okay with just losing an entire generation. It's like, okay, all our old people can just die and we'll get immune. Most of our, most healthy people will get a, a resistance to it or whatever, you know, some will die, um, but the general population will be fine. Mm -hmm. And that's the, that's the difficult thing. It's like, well, where do, like, where do you draw a line between logic of just doing that and actually being scarily, um, yeah, cold. Again, the, the difficult part, as you say, is they're making big choices that for like whole populations, yeah. um, which is a dangerous thing. Cause again, governments necessarily shouldn't be making yeah. always such we choices. give them the power to make those choices and yeah like we talked about before whenever yeah. they can't abuse them they will yes yes no, i agree on that um because again the british government wanted to the british government was quite happy to um do the herd immunity and let us all just get mm -hmm. on with things and then suddenly they realized that the general population was not happy with that mm. And so they've twisted it around to their advantage in the sense that they now have us all in lockdown uh, lots and know that they have now control over that. They can now just do that whenever they want. Um, yeah. And again, whether it's a good or a bad thing, who knows? Because again, there are so many big factors. Again, economy, mm -hmm. like long-term consequences this is, again, this is not my opinion, this is not right in me saying it's right or wrong, but again, do you let that generation of elderly people die so that your future is secure in the long term, so the economy keeps going, so people don't starve, so people don't lose jobs, so people don't um, become impoverished? Or do you hope that you can get it under control, let the economy suffer a little bit, let people, su let, let people suffer a little bit, save those elderly people so they have longer to live and time with their families and that connection and hope that the economy can get itself sorted without again the mental health difficulties the um, being outweighing the emotion of losing those people and it's that's a, such a complex thing that you can't measure and it's like it's kind of the damned if you do damned if you don't mm -hmm. scenario yeah because um, yeah. either way you're kind of you're, you're either upsetting loads of people and breaking people's hearts because they lose their loved ones, or you're ruining people's lives with, again, lack of jobs um, and their mental health. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and, and so it's difficult enough to 
to have people um, in, in power decide for us how to deal with the situation. But, yes. but what makes it worse is when they lie to us about it and therefore manipulate us and make us agree with their perspective. Yeah. So in Italy, I, th I think northern the, the, the pandemic in northern Italy was used to convince a lot of people that drastic action is necessary. But I heard that northern Italy is a is an old folks home. Um, okay. Has uh, what's it called? Um, smog. Age. Uh, age population. Yeah, an age population. Um, a bad air. Um, and so those factors may have also been responsible for the high death numbers in that area. Um, and then it's difficult to tell whether the, the death rates are real because there is a monetary incentive for doctors to put COVID-19 on a death certificate. They, they get paid more or the hospital gets paid more if that is the, death, the cause of death rather than something else. And so a lot of hospitals lied about that. Where, um, even, even if someone has flu symptoms, um, what exactly did they die of? Uh, there was a report that, that even a motorcycle accident where someone died um, got classed as a, as a COVID <laughs> death. So there, there's a lot of that as well. Yeah. And it just makes it impossible for the regular person to have enough knowledge to make the right decision but then it's even taken away from us. So how are we supposed to deal with this? I, th I think authoritarianism is not, is not the way to go. Yeah. Uh, I like what Sweden did. I don't know whether they're still relaxed about it and letting the populace decide for themselves, you know, if they want to voluntarily stay at home and wear masks. Um, but I think a lot of authoritarian decisions are enabled by our ignorance. And ignorance is, I think, sounds very negative. Um, you know, just stop being so ignorant. You're, you're such an idiot. It, it, it's always seen as an insult, isn't it? When it's but, not meant to be that way. You no, know. Oft, often, and, and in this case also, I meant the word as just lack of knowledge. Yes. So, yeah. But I, I don't blame most people for, for the lack of knowledge. I mean, I, I have lack of knowledge too. It's a, it's a relative thing. Uh, because everyone's so busy working, trying to survive, or looking after each other and themselves. But the less we know, the more people can do with us, or decide us. over us. Yeah. So that is a duty every single person has, to not be taken advantage of. Yeah. And the news, as in mainstream news media, and, um, and uh, printed news, is not good enough that is an instrument used by people to spread lies because they have all the money they need to pay off the editors and the reporters and the, the studios and the, the networks. Uh, like Jeff Bezos just buys the Wall Street Journal, not sure how many years ago. Um, you, can, you can look up the, the funding for all kinds of um, UN institutions and news media include the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. So they have a huge influence there. You, you, you keep finding these names all over the place. Also, um, 
GAVI, I forgot what the acronym stands for. It's a, it's a program that has been used in like Bangladesh, India, and African countries to uh, mass vaccinate people. And uh, those vaccines aren't uh, mostly um, not healthy for you. They contain all kinds of junk as well. And they are used to implant a little digital, digital device to um, be able to identify you and to measure, you know, observe all kinds of biological signals uh, like heart rate and I don't know what else. And it, they, they always underline the positives. Yes, it, it is kind of nice to have more data to go on, but it also comes with, um, what's the word, um, you know, what the NSA does, uh, surveillance state. It comes with that too. So I am always in favor of decentralizing these things, you know, not using central institutions like government um, to run these things. And we're only at the beginning of understanding the need for decentralization. Uh, blockchain is a big step in that direction. And so it gives me hope that yeah. there is a technology, there is a protocol to make things more um, viable to new technology, to uh, take advantage of it, to be more efficient with, say, using the resources that the planet has, um, making sure that that crime is noticed and you know reduced, but without centralizing the power over those programs. Lo local militia, there you go, local militia, that's what we need. I guess, lo lo yeah, localizing is, is one way to do it, but, but another oh, yeah. way is yeah. just, you know, ensuring, like, so blockchain right now is used mainly for finances, right? It ensures that um, the ledger about financial transaction is pristine, yeah. uh, cannot yeah. be falsified, you know, therefore mm, creating money where it actually never existed yeah. or, or, you know, taking it away where it actually belongs to someone. Um, but if you could do that with other data, with say, uh, whether this, this land belongs to you, or um, where did this medicine actually come from? I want to see every step of the way, you know, um, chain of custody or yeah. uh, supply chains. So there is a bright future for those um, processes being transparent. Yeah, transparent, responsible, legitimate. Whereas now there there is no... Um, responsibility uh, for for the people involved because yeah. you can you have to trust them and so blockchain systems are trustless it sounds negative at first like does that mean I can't trust them no it means that trust is not necessary to know that they are what they claim to be yeah it's, yeah, uh, I mean, it's that crazy that, because that, the that paradigm would be ideal, is so new it? yeah it'd be, it'd be ideal wouldn't it 100% yeah. clarity but again try, trying to trying to that's a difficult one in itself because, okay, <clears throat> let's go through again, medication, go through food, go through mm -hmm. again, land. You'd have to spend a whole day just reading through documentation of where mm -hmm. things are go and like, that's a whole day gone that again, working um, should be done to get money kind of thing, obviously to live and pay yeah. for food and whatever else. It, it will make all those jobs uh, obsolete, like a tax advisor will no longer exist in the future <laughs> because you have perfect transparency over everything you owned and, and spent. And, and right now when I get my tax returns, I can't understand them. 
yeah. I don't I don't understand the the German language in them or the, the numbers where the numbers come from the laws you need to study all of that for for years before you can actually interpret one of these documents and so I don't trust the, the yeah. institution that produced this yeah yeah simplification is always the way forward like yes yeah, like people talk people talk about genius and they they i think i've said it before they talk about genius so they they always think of confusing things and well yeah. oh, that's genius because i don't understand it it's like no <laughs> true genius is simplifying something so everyone can understand it yeah like that is the way forward but again how we get to that point is still early days and still a process that's going on um because again it'll continue to um what do they call it like polarize where mm -hmm. certain factions will get more and more um sorry more is the wrong word will get better understanding of things and try to break away from the like the machine as it were and other people will just get more and more involved in it and continue to lose more and more of their freedoms like that's what's going on basically yeah and knowledge is power yeah. and, and so i like what you said about simplification um you know, we we divide our tasks, and when I say we, I mean a society divides up tasks because you have to specialize in order to have the necessary uh, expertise on in any field. And so I cannot do what others do and what certain parts of government do, and I'm kind of forced to trust them, to rely on them, and and that is not good because it leads to corruption and uh, abuse of of those powers. So if we can make some processes obsolete and others transparent so that anyone can understand them and not only understand them but own them like um, a cryptocurrency wallet is like a bank account with no bank <laughs> you are your own banker you are in charge of your own money and so there, there are no hidden things going on there's no money being created out of thin air and then and then earning interest from you when you uh when it's uh, issued as a loan to you yeah and yeah the bank again can happen but they are obfuscated for a reason yeah like um you talk about governments and stuff again it's banks banks are a massive issue in themselves with the level of control they have um level of influence um again the financial crash 2008 or whatever it was very yeah. much uh, an area where people blame the government but it was yes the government should have regulated it better but actually it was again it was the banks it was their misuse of everything that caused it to happen and yet there were so few repercussions for them and so massive repercussions for the population um and I, you know i wonder why that is okay because potentially in theory there's facts but in theory behind the scenes they control people because they have they own their money they control their money so if higher up people in governments and stuff try and mess around all the banks have to do is press a delete button and that person's money's gone it's, that's that's a good point yeah it sounds crazy but it is since it's possible we yes. need to do something about it like like i said any any bad thing that that you make it possible for someone to do they will do if you don't stop them and so um, in after 2008, there was the big bailout, you know, creating money um, and giving it to banks and other huge corporations to help them survive and not giving <laughs> barely enough to the regular yeah. citizens. 
um, a few months ago, a lot, uh, trillions of dollars were created from nothing uh, for the same reasons. Uh, but yeah. but in order to get enough um, people in the Senate and the House of Republicans, uh, House of Representatives, to vote for it, they had to combine it with um, stimulus checks for the people. You know, thousand two hundred dollars per month for I don't know three months or so. Yeah, uh, and that's over. By the way, that's that's finished. So yeah, yeah. some are hoping for that to repeat. Uh, so that that's a bailout. But uh, I've also read and and that laws have been implemented uh, for a bail-in to be possible. And that is when a bank just take or when all big banks just take, let's say, half of all the savings uh, that people have on their bank accounts, because. Yeah. And, and they, they won't ask for permission because by law they're allowed. Uh, we just don't know about it unless we yeah. educate ourselves. And they will just say, oh, it's necessary for the economy to survive. And, and that is necessary for everyone to survive. So it's, <laughs> it's rectified. No, what's the word? It's, uh, there is good reason to do it. Yeah, justified. Justified, that's the, yeah. Just like wars are justified by, yes. through lies. And that's another thing that would become less if we had more understanding of the processes going on in the background and sometimes they're not even in the background they're there to read in publicly available documents we just don't know how to find them or how to interpret them um but wars are uh, there to make money not to take revenge on any people or so it's just to make yeah. richer people rich people even richer yeah and the more we again, understand that the more we can uh, do against it Sorry, I'm glad you've mentioned this because this always fascinates me. So a lot of people have been um, praising Trump for this whole Middle Eastern peace peace scenario um, between, I can't remember where it is, this is my ignorance showing, but well, it's my lack of memory to be fair. Um, my biological flaw. But um, yeah, he, there's the whole North Korea and South Korea thing. And then there's mm. the whole, um, there's another two states within the Middle East area that he like got to de-escalate arms with or um, made a treaty with. And people are like, oh, he deserves a Nobel Peace Prize. And I'm like, face palm, because there is no, like the, the, the people not realize the agenda here. So you have three massive bodies. You have Russia, you have um, America, China. and you have China. Yeah. And like Trump is just solidifying power for when he had, or for, well, let's say Trump, the go I say, see, this is the bad problem. The government of America, mm. the people on, in charge, are solidifying power through a leader like Trump um, to, in preparation for war with China or Russia. Like, it's literally, that's all it is. And it's so, it's so obvious that, that that's what's going on, that they're preparing for stuff that's going to potential, again, who knows what is going to happen in the future, but potential because China's getting more and more like um, dominant and aggressive in its behavior. Mm -hmm. America's getting more and more aggressive in behavior. Again, they just escalate each other backwards and forwards because neither of them want to just go, Hey, you know what? It's okay. We'll just, we'll just have peace and be happy. They, they want the power. They want the riches. They, they want the wealth. They need an excuse to manufacture weapons yep. and, planes and you know everything that goes along with it because that, yeah. that's a huge business and uh, it seems justified to the people you know they're yeah. they're um, securing our country and so yeah. if let, let's say there was a hot war between china and america you know them actually shooting at each other's countries 
then a lot more people would stand up against that and try to prevent it. But if they fight on someone else's land, like, yeah. like in Syria, well, I guess Syria is more Russia against America. Russia, but yeah. Um, with China, it's more in the Pacific Sea. Then yeah. the people of the, the empires don't care as much. You know, especially if the news keeps telling them Muslims are evil. Uh, <laughs> yeah, again, that, that, that's where the ignorance term does come in as, an, as a sort of a negative because people are just so lacking knowledge of, and so easily influenced when it comes to a them versus us mentality. Again, you just hit the nail on the head where it's like, again, the term Muslim, mm -hmm. loads of Americans and Chinese, actually, the Chinese are very um, segregated against um all religions well all religions but again they have like full-on state um town areas where muslims get like put into not necessarily yes. as bad as concentration camps but like close enough yes i've heard of them um, the weavers or weepers what are they called i can't remember but there is the certain ethnic group that is persecuted in china yeah yeah and they have a muslim background yeah and again them versus us gives people the justification that word again to just allow these wars in other places to take place. Um, Proxy wars, yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. some people have um, compared the corona situation with 9-11. Okay, um, yeah, interesting. Because yeah. The, with 9-11, the, the national security state was introduced. Uh, for example, uh, strict um, security checks at airports and uh, a lot more fear and, and, and the word terrorists yeah everywhere yeah the, and the freedom act whatever it's called uh that's the like patriot act yeah patriot act that's it yeah where uh, actually it's a, the right to just go into someone's house and take them and waterboard right. them for to torture them for information they could just do that yeah i'm not sure if the patriot act covers all of that but there is more than just the patriot act yeah yeah and th there is another law from that time that allows them to attack Afghanistan and Iraq, and that keeps getting reinterpreted to attack any country in the Middle East. Anyway, uh, lots of stuff like that happens, and now um, it's bioterror. That's, that's a fair point with the with the virus and stuff that they again they are introducing legislation and uh, situations that yeah take away the freedoms. One one popular term now is medical martial law. Um, okay. It's we're still not. At the at the extreme form, but if we keep yeah. allowing this to happen, uh, then it will become martial law. Um, well, yeah, the fines are incredible in this country. Yeah. Like there's um, there's a street in Gloucester that they had two parties on a couple weekends or like last weekend during a lockdown, and there's like more than thirty people there or more than six people there, or whatever the rule currently is, and they 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 the owners of the the people who admitted to, to hosting the party got fined ten thousand pounds each mm. that's a lot of money like that's substantial um and as you say that could just be the start of it yeah but again the counters the counter argument of that is that what's a worth life a, a worth life law <laughs> uh, a life worth yeah where if these people do spread the virus and it kills people like Again, that ten grand fine, fair because these people are playing with people's lives. These people are being selfish. Again, we don't know what's. Tr it's so hard to know what's truth and yeah. what's fiction. If there is a causal connection, then I understand. But 
we don't know if there is. Yeah, that's the hardest part. We just we we just believe it because we're told it, and and because we see it again. Because good to go back to what I said earlier about knowing people on the front lines and knowing people that have had what is called the virus. Um, that yeah, this thing is is deadly. Um, it, it causes a lot of. You mentioned someone on the breathing machine. What's it called ventilator? Yeah, um, right. I heard that that hospitals also get money for using those, um, and that they can make death more likely when they're used. So it's sick to think that doctors and nurses will do something for money that will actually harm the patients more. And a lot of doctors and nurses have spoken out about this, but are heavily censored on social media and platforms like YouTube. Yeah. So there are problems everywhere in, in this thing. And, and I personally believe the scientific research communities and methods are dishonest and, and publications. And so a lot of false beliefs uh, are spread and are just kept alive, mostly for financial reasons and, and reputation. So a lot of unknowns that make it impossible for us to actually know what is the right way to go. Yeah, I think that's a good but, con conclusion We always statement. need to keep yeah. the right and the power to make the decisions. Yeah. But what do you do when you, yeah, like, because again, what do you do when you don't, or you can't get the evidence? Like, it's like, <laughs> Yeah. You have to make it. You have to make an educated choice, or an ignorant choice, yeah. if if you want to put it that way, and go with your gut. Sometimes, like just go with your gut, and um, like, yeah, and just do your do your best to push the boundaries, but also care for one another. Because again, if this let let's say if it isn't such a thing as as a virus, it's all just made up and it's all, there's lots of stuff going on that is making it look like there is one. Well, I can't know that even if, no matter what evidence David Icke gives or other people give, I can't. And I can't yeah. know that it's not, like that it is a thing. Therefore, I choose to believe that it is a thing because actually that's like the, to me personally, the um, most humanitarian option. Like I choose to stay at home to save lives. Like I choose to um, conform to the lockdowns because even if there wasn't a virus, again, I don't know if there is or not. So I'd rather choose to there is rather than going out there and potentially spreading it and killing people. That's yeah. again, it's my opinion. Yeah, that's, that's the choice that I make. It seems to be the safe way to go, right? Because um, I would what not you lose, that. you yeah. lose social interaction, and then that's not worth killing people over. But yes. but that's not all there is to it. And and I can very much understand what you were saying. Uh, I'd like to say I don't know if Australia exists or not. <laughs> you know, I've had I've heard lots and lots of witness and evidence, but that's different from knowing. And so a lot of people aren't even aware that their mind is, a fill, is filled with assumptions, not knowledge. So uh, directly knowing might not even be possible. You know, it's a philosophical yeah. question whether anything is knowable, knowable at all. So you can go 
to that degree as well. I guess you could. I guess you could. You, we could go and go into the hospitals, and we could go and try to get ourselves exposed to it, mm -hmm. have it, and then we'd know. And if we go and don't get anything, then we would know. I mean, that's the extreme side of things. And on the note of hospitals, there have been. Uh, I have seen videos of people, you know, breaking into hospitals <laughs> through the security and discovering that they're empty, uh, while they claim to be overfull. Um, but uh, another point I want to make before we wrap up here is um, when I lived in England uh, 14 years ago and, and told someone I was German, they said, they confronted me with a difficult question. They said, um, how could a Christian, wonderful, peace-loving nation like Germany go so far as to um, you know, create this Nazi movement and uh, persecute, kill Jews, and then attack neighboring countries and want to take over the whole world. How is that possible? And uh, I think I was telling them that I'm a Christian, so maybe, maybe that's why <laughs> it wasn't not necessarily a, a critique of, of Germans, but of Christians. And I didn't know. I, I still can't give a full answer you know, uh, to give yeah. the question justice. Uh, I just said something along the lines of peer pressure, you know, how, how oh, well, everyone else is doing it. Uh, I guess that's the way to go. Or I don't want to get in trouble. And we still have that. You, you might think that's a teenage thing, but no, <laughs> that is in you all of your life, unless you work on it very much and, and try to remove, you know, first of all, become aware of all the fears going on inside of you and then removing yeah. them, which is hard work. But I'm afraid that that might happen again. Now, with all the unknowns, you might think, oh, but we have the internet, but we have so much knowledge and scientific progress. But you see that even though there are all these good information signals, there are even more bad information signals, yeah. which uh, obscure them. So it's still not possible to know what is right and wrong. And if we give someone too much power, they will abuse it and make us do things that we never thought were possible that are you know, inhumane. Yeah. So we might make an error of the one kind, which is killing people because we want our freedom. We want to go outside and not wear masks. Yeah. That, that's one error. And the other one is we could be too careful and give someone too much power. And we would have gladly let, let thousands of people die to prevent it. Yeah. It's again, as you say, it's the unknown. Just there is no safe way out of this. Yeah. And it's important, again, as we talked about before in a few other episodes, that when we discuss these things, it's just, again, our theorizing and observations and, um, yeah, our viewpoint on matters which are controversial. That's, mm -hmm. the, that's the whole point in what we do in this podcast because we enjoy discussing these things yeah. and for people when they listen to this not to make an assumption about what we're saying being again personal opinion or overreacting to maybe what we're saying sometimes because I feel strongly that because we're choosing extreme topics some people might uh, take misinterpret yeah. no, maybe take offense I don't know yeah maybe take offense or misinterpret Mm -hmm. the the point the point of what we're discussing so again the point is who am i we're trying to figure out um our own perspectives on things and that having a good discussion like this helps 
Yeah. Um, and hopefully this will help other people, you know, other people as they listen to be able to um, see a broader picture and make their own conclusions. Again, it's freedom. It's yeah. like, go research, go look up things. Um, don't just take what we're saying for fact or fiction. Don't, don't just go, you know, don't take um, everything, you know, everything needs to be questioned. Um, so we can understand again who we are and our own viewpoints and what choices we want to make because yeah. that's what it comes down to doesn't it it's choice yeah it's good that you bring it back to that principle of, of the whole podcast um, I think it's important to discuss things to think things through um, but also to acknowledge our ignorance and yeah. our unknowability so and that seems to be a part of the human condition a part of our identity and uh, I'm trying to come to terms with it I'm yeah, trying to be responsible I'm trying to interact with other people and in a way that's best for me and them yeah. but I can yeah, get emotional so get and then and then be passionate about one perspective even though yes it it is my opinion again it's hard, it's hard to differentiate between opinions facts and all that kind of stuff mm -hmm. But that's okay. Again, it's part of the human condition. And I just wanted to make that little statement I just made to make sure people, again, uh, are objective about what we're talking about and they don't get lost in, um, again, passionate. Oh, they're right, they're wrong. This is right, that's wrong. It's not about that, really. It's just about um, putting some information out there to try and find, again, to, to find, okay, okay, to contradict myself, to find out what is right or wrong yeah. for ourselves as individuals. <laughs>